0: To the ambitious new manager, the big question is this, what does it take to be a great manager? Well, great managers know how to motivate and build a great team. Great managers know how to win trust and respect, make an impact and achieve their goals. And great managers get promoted again and again, and they make more money because of it. So how do managers like you, who are bootstrapping your own careers, join their club? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name's Michael Barrell, and welcome to Making a Manager. All right. Welcome back, friends. I've got a good one in store for you today. I'm giving you the proof in the pudding of why positive work cultures are more productive. But not only that, after I tell you the why, I'm going to give you the how. Specifically, The four critical steps that research points us to in order to cultivate a positive workplace culture. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Michael Barrell, host of this here podcast. Thanks a bomb for joining me. I really appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes I've got coming your way. And if you've listened before, welcome back, my friends. Super appreciate you as always. I do not take your attention lightly. Okay, are we ready to learn about productive workplace cultures? Well, me too, so let's get into it. Too many companies today bet on having a cutthroat, high-pressure, take-no-prisoners culture to drive their financial performance. But there's a large and growing body of research on positive organisational psychology to demonstrate that not only is a cutthroat environment harmful to productivity over time, but that a positive environment will lead to dramatic benefits for employers, employees and, of course, your bottom line. So, even though there's an assumption that employee stress and pressure pushes them to perform more, better and faster, what cutthroat organisations fail to recognise is the hidden costs incurred by maintaining that stress and pressure. Let me explain. First of all, healthcare expenditures at high pressure companies, particularly American companies, are nearly 50% greater than at other organisations. Staying with the US for a moment more, the American Psychological Association goes so far as to estimate that more than $500 billion is siphoned off from the US economy each year because of workplace stress, and 550 million workdays are lost each year due to stress on the job. 60-80% to 80% of workplace accidents are attributed to stress, and it's estimated that more than 80% of doctor visits are due to stress. Workplace stress has even been linked to health problems ranging from metabolic syndrome to cardiovascular disease and mortality. More than that, the stress of belonging to a hierarchy itself is linked to disease and death. For instance, one study showed that the lower someone's rank in a hierarchy, the higher their chances are of cardiovascular disease and death from heart attacks. In a large-scale study of over 3,000 employees conducted by Anna Nyberg at the Karolinska Institute, results showed a strong correlation between leadership behaviour and heart disease in employees. In other words, stress-producing bosses are literally bad for the heart. The second major cost is the cost of disengagement. While a cutthroat environment and a culture of fear can ensure engagement, and sometimes even excitement, Plenty of research suggests that the inevitable stress it creates will likely lead to disengagement over the longer term. Disengagement at work, which is associated with feeling unvalued, insecure, unsupported and disrespected, is generally associated with a high-stress cutthroat culture. And how much does disengagement actually cost business? Well, in studies by the Queen's School of Business and by the Gallup organisation, Disengaged workers had 37% higher absenteeism, 49% more accidents, and 60% more errors and defects. In businesses with low employee engagement scores, they experienced 18% lower productivity, 16% lower profitability, 37% lower job growth, and 65% lower share price over time. Importantly, businesses with highly engaged employees enjoyed 100% more job applications. The third cost that a cutthroat business must face is the cost of a lack of loyalty. To this end, research shows that workplace stress leads to an increase of almost 50% in voluntary turnover. People go on the job market, decline promotions or resign. And the turnover costs associated with recruiting, training, lowered productivity, lost expertise and so forth are significant. Get this. The cost of replacing a single employee is estimated to cost approximately 20% of that employee's salary. So for these reasons and more, there is now a tsunami of businesses that are scrambling to establish a multitude of perks, from working from home to office gyms. Unfortunately, these very companies trying to fix the issue are still failing to take into account the research. For instance, a Gallup poll showed that even when workplaces offered benefits such as flex-time, and work from home opportunities it was engagement that drove well-being above and beyond anything else in other words employees prefer workplace well-being to material benefits now well-being comes from one place and one place only a positive culture creating a positive and healthy culture for your team rests on a few major principles in essence and based on research coming out of the University of Michigan and the Journal of Business Ethics The qualities of a positive workplace culture actually boils down to six essential characteristics. I'll go through them now. Number one, caring for, being interested in and maintaining responsibility for colleagues as friends. Number two, providing support for one another, including offering kindness and compassion when others are struggling. Number three, avoiding blame and forgiving mistakes. Number four, inspiring one another at work. Number five, emphasising the meaningfulness of work and lastly number six treating one another with respect gratitude trust and integrity now as a boss you might be thinking how can you foster these principles well the research points us towards four steps to try step one foster social connections a large number of empirical studies confirm that positive social connections at work produce highly desirable results for example People get sick less often, recover twice as fast from surgery, experience less depression, they learn faster, remember longer, tolerate pain and discomfort better, display more mental acuity and perform better on the job. Conversely, research by Sarah Pressman at the University of California found that the probability of dying early is 20% higher for obese people, 30% higher for excessive drinkers, 50% higher for smokers, but a whopping 70% higher for people with poor social relationships. Toxic, stress-filled workplaces affect social relationships and, consequently, life expectancy. Now for step two, show empathy. As a boss, you have a huge impact on how your employees feel. A telling brain imaging study found that, when employees recalled a boss that had been unkind or unempathic, they showed increased activation in areas of the brain associated with avoidance and negative emotion, while the opposite was true when they were called an empathic boss. Moreover, Jane Dutton and her colleagues at the University of Michigan suggest that leaders who demonstrate compassion towards their employees foster individual and collective resilience in challenging times. Now to step three, go out of your way to help. Have you ever had a manager or mentor who took a lot of trouble to help you out when he or she didn't really have to? Chances are you have remained loyal to that person to this day. Jonathan Haidt at New York University's Stern School of Business shows in his research that when leaders are not just fair but also self-sacrificing, their employees are actually moved and inspired to become more loyal and committed themselves. As a consequence, they are more likely to go out of their way to be helpful and friendly to other employees. The result is the creation of a self-reinforcing cycle. Dan van Nippenberg of Rotterdam School of Management shows that employees of self-sacrificing leaders are more cooperative because they trust their leaders more. They are also more productive and see their leaders as more effective and charismatic. That takes us to our last step, step four: encourage your people to talk to you, especially about their problems. Not surprisingly, trusting that your leader has your best interests at heart improves employee performance. Employees feel safe rather than fearful. And as research by Amy Edmondson of Harvard shows, a culture of safety in which leaders are inclusive, humble and encourage their staff to speak up or ask for help leads to better learning and performance outcomes. Rather than creating a culture of fear of negative consequences, feeling safe in the workplace helps encourage the spirit of experimentation that's so critical for innovation, which is exactly what I spoke about in depth in last week's episode about creativity. Indeed, Kamal Birdie of Sheffield University has shown that empowerment, when coupled with good training and teamwork, leads to superior performance outcomes, whereas a range of efficient manufacturing and operations practices do not. When you know a leader is committed to operating from a set of values based on interpersonal kindness, he or she sets the tone for the entire business. For example... In his book Give and Take, Wharton Professor Adam Grant demonstrates that leader kindness and generosity are strong predictors of team and organisational effectiveness. Whereas harsh work climates are linked to poorer employee health, the opposite is true of positive work climates, where employees tend to have lower heart rates and lower blood pressure, as well as a stronger immune system. A positive work climate also leads to positive workplace culture, which again boosts commitment, engagement and performance. Happier employees make for not only a more congenial workplace, but also for improved customer service. As a consequence, a happy and caring culture at work not only improves employee well-being and productivity, but also improves client outcomes and satisfaction. So to cap it off... A positive workplace is more successful over time because it increases positive emotions and well-being. It buffers against negative experiences such as stress, thus improving employees' ability to bounce back from challenges and difficulties while bolstering their health. And it attracts employees, making them more loyal to the leader and to their organisation, as well as bringing out their best strengths. When organisations develop positive, virtuous cultures, they achieve significantly higher levels of organisational effectiveness, including financial performance, customer satisfaction, productivity, and employee engagement. If you like this, but you'd like to dive deeper, well, firstly, I'd suggest you check out Emma Sapala and Kim Cameron's original article in the Harvard Business Review, link in the show notes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, go to makingamanager.com. That's makingamanager.com. On that webpage, you'll see that I'm giving away my complete employee feedback swipe file. No, this isn't some kind of clearance of old stuff that's no good. This is a swag of full-fledged, really helpful, evidence-based rules and tactics built specifically for managers like you who want to become more persuasive and effective at giving feedback and having difficult conversations with your employees download and copy these plug and play templates in the order that i deliver them to you and i sincerely believe that if you implement what i share with you then this year will be fantastic again it's completely free there are no tricks to this offer by the way go to makingamanager.com and get it while the getting's good and that's a wrap now go on get out there and kick some ass stay awesome and thanks for listening